Welcome, listeners, to our episode of Wealth Strategies to Value. I am your host, Troy Shorts, and I have a special guest uh, on the show today named Matt Love. Some of you may already know who he is because I have given you copies of his award-winning book. Um, I met Matt in about 2016 in a group called the Breakaway League, which is a group of advisors who have some common goals of financial literacy. We believe that our country is the richest country in the world and we have the least amount of financial literacy in the world. So our mission as advisors is really to just educate people about how wealth really and truly works. There are better ways than the traditional ways of planning. And this is our, our focus, this is our purpose. And Matt's book is called, check this out guys, don't be debt free and broke by Matthew <laughs> Love. This is awesome. This book I give to a lot of people because it's very simple read and what it does it dispels a lot of the myths about how wealth works. And a quick read and this will put money in your pocket. Absolutely no doubt. So with no further ado, I'd like to bring on my buddy, my man, Matthew Love. What's up, man? I'm I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Troy. You, oh man, thank you, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy, uh, but Matt, I really want you to uh, get into uh, how you can use debt to create cash flow, which may seem so contradictory to most people, but this yeah. is a specialty that you have, and I want you to really go deep and really explain how wealth works in that arena. For sure, man. Um, and I think this would be good to have a two-part episode so we can talk about debt now. And then the next conversation, we talk about wealth creation using debt. But, um, you know, an easy way to look at this. Well, let's let's back up a little bit because m most of America spends more money than they make. Yep. Most of America has a debt problem already. Yep. Credit cards, cars that they shouldn't be buying, but they got to get the new model. Um and they they live beyond their means. So for most people, they look at debt as a bad four-letter word, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. And I believe, you know, part of the, if you follow the wealth principles, part of the, the principles is getting um, out of bad debt and into good debt. And there is a big difference between bad debt and good debt. So good debt. So let's go over some examples. Yeah. Well, if you look at like some of these, these coaches on uh, money coaches that you can see out there that teach people how to be debt-free, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for like 85% of Americans. Stop putting money on credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good thing to practice. But then let's talk about wealth creation. Wealth creation is very difficult if I do it on my own. My money is very expensive. Very expensive. Mm -hmm. Other people's money is very cheap. You got it. <laughs> and the, the way to make other people's money cheap is to prove I don't need it. Wow. So if we understand how to leverage our assets to utilize other people's money, it's another way of saying I'm going into debt, but I can create wealth that way. So if you look at, um, let's, let's look at Donald Trump as an example. I don't care if you like him or not. Do you think he used his own money to build the Trump tower in New York? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Do you think he used his money to build the building in uh, 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 Chicago, Trump tower in Chicago? Absolutely not. No, but who pay when they pay rent to the tenant, when the tenants pay rent, who do they pay the rent to? Donald Trump. <laughs> he gets the cash flow. So leveraging assets to generate cash flow is more important than account rate of return. 
the industry, the financial industry wants people to put money into an account and hold it forever. You know this as well as I do, probably better than I do. The industry is incentivized to keep people from spending their money. And they put money into an account where they hope to get a rate of return, seven, eight, nine percent. And not once do they talk about an exit strategy. They never, they don't talk about how to actually use it. Well, if we understand how banks make money and how wealthy people leverage their assets, debt is the it's the easiest way to create more wealth. Wow. And um, think about this. Most people want to be debt free. Yet they fund an account. They have no idea how much debt they have inside their retirement account. I put money, I'm taught to put money into this retirement account, hoping that I get to retirement age, hoping the market goes up and hoping taxes go down. <laughs> but then I get to retirement and I have no idea how much money I actually have. If I, I could have a million bucks in a 401k and if I took it all out today, 50% is going to the government. You got it. And if I'm above the age of 60, 40% is going to the government. So do I have a million or do I have 600,000? And so understanding cash flow is so, so much more important. So people are taught to pay off their house. Let's, that's, let's talk about that right now because I'm yeah. building a, a big, beautiful house here in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. Um, extremely happy. Family's happy. I'm very proud of this. Um, All right. But it's, it's a million dollar home. Mm -hmm. And my mortgage, dude, is 2.75%. Wow. That's a great rate. Awesome. When I was born in 1982, my dad's mortgage was 16%. That's expensive as hell. 16% mortgage. Nobody wanted to borrow money when it was 16%. In fact, if you had cash, hard money lending back then was a great idea. Now hard money lending might give you eight, maybe 9%. But so I, I can get a mortgage at 2.75%. Think about this, Troy. If I wanted, if, if I followed typical financial advice and they say, get out of debt, right? So pay off your mortgage, get a 15 year mortgage and make extra payments. Do you know how expensive that is? How much money do I have to earn to pay off the million dollar mortgage. I have to earn like 1.5 million, pay the IRS what's due, and then take that money and put it into an asset whose value has nothing to do with whether or not I paid off the mortgage. That's absolutely right. Most if I have a million- have no idea what you just said. Yeah. You might want to say that one more time. Sure, that and I draw this, I draw this all the time. There's say person A has a million dollar home, paid off. Mm -hmm. Person B has a million dollar home and they have a million dollar mortgage and they also have a million dollars in cash. Whose net worth is higher? The guy with a million dollar mortgage or the guy with the million dollar house paid off? The net worth is exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> and then go to 2008. The next time the housing market drops, not if, when, when the housing market drops again, people that pay off, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> people that pay off their house, they're losing value of their asset because they put their money into sticks and bricks, hoping that that's going to get them a good rate of return. Yeah. Versus the guy who's got a million dollar mortgage. When the housing market goes down, the bank owns my house. I don't want to own my house. I want cash, man. You know, who's made money since 2008, everybody who had access to capital. Yes. And the financial industry says, no, put money in a retirement account. You're going to retire. It's for the long run, by the way, pay off your house and have no access to cash. You're debt free and broke. Wow. And it's in those down markets when you're going to make a, a, a lot of money. Look at what's going on right now in the stock market. I mean, who knew who knew Reddit would be, well, when you go back to listen to this, um, Reddit right now has sparked massive gains in a, a handful of stocks. We're talking 300% rate of return in a day. Wow. It's crazy. 
But the people that are are doing are putting money into their house have no access to the capital. And if they do, it's they have to have even more than what they put into the house. And the house cannot they cannot leverage the equity in their house. Here's a a, a thought for you. And I'm, I don't want to go all over the place here, but to stick right. stick with the mortgage idea, you can never get the equity out of your house. Do you know that? I do. <laughs> I <don't>. do. Most <laughs> people don't. You can never list everyone listening. Think about this. You cannot get the equity out of your house. You have to go to a lending institution like a bank, put your house up as leverage and say, can I borrow your money, Mr. Banker, against the value of my house? And if you want proof that it's not your money, when you get the home equity line of credit, as you're walking out of the bank, turn around and look at the banker and say, by the way, is this your money or is it mine? And the banker is going to tell you right away. No, we want that back. Got it. In fact, you're going to have to make monthly payments. You've already gotten approved. We did a debt to income check. We did a credit score check. This is showing up on your credit score and we want monthly payments. And if you don't give us monthly payments, then we're going to come after you. And by the way, we can recall that loan whenever we want. What a horrible way to access cash. Horrible. Right now with interest rates so incredibly low, it is almost free to access other people's money to pay for a house. Wow. And so people say, well, look, you're paying that 2.5%, 2.75% interest. You're, you're, lo you're losing. You're spending money on that. Okay. So what, what they're saying is that if I were to put the money in the house, I'm saving money on interest. At what cost? The cost is that I put the money in the house and I can't do anything else with that money. That's called opportunity cost. We know this. Banks understand opportunity costs left and right. When banks lend money, Troy, are they lending their money or are they lending yours and mine? yours and mine all the time no risk <laughs> <laughs> no risk hell they can if they have a dollar on deposit they can lend up to ten dollars this is why banks fail constantly because they're in this what's called um oh i forget the the, the term um but, but accessing yeah, it is stealing <laughs> yes this is why 2008 happened because they lent money that never existed and the housing market collapsed and there was nothing to be made up for it um but yeah, so when banks lend money, they lend other people's money. They do the exact opposite of what they teach us to do. You got it. Every single day. I mean, the mortgage is the easiest way to generate cash flow. Go as long as you can on a guaranteed, low. Uh, really low deductible, we hope, interest rate. It's guaranteed never to change. Think about this. I got one more point for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think inflation exists? Absolutely. It does. Yeah. And uh, inflation means that the value of my dollar is worth less 30 years from now than it is today. Got it. So if we agree that inflation exists, every financial choice that I make is going to either help or hurt my ability to become wealthy. There's no in between. Mm -hmm. And if inflation exists, why wouldn't then I use inflation as my friend? I can pay back the 30-year mortgage with deflated dollars 30 years from now. My, my $5,000 a month mortgage is going to feel like $2,000 a month in 30 years. Got it. So now inflation has become my friend and I can take the valuable money, today's dollar, and go get a better rate of return where I see fit, whether it's buying a rental property, whether it's whether it's buying stocks, whether it's buying a business, whether it's you know my friend's t-shirt company. I don't care. I have access to that capital. Access. access access is key yeah yep and when you when you're putting money in these retirement plans no access
No access. Retirement plans are an easy way for advisors to make a lot of money. Because if I were to make, let's say I make, you know, half a million dollars a year mm-hmm. and I have, you know, $200,000 in the bank, I could invest the 200 grand and the advisor charges a fee on the 200,000 right. versus I, I, I put money into a pre-tax account. Now the 30% that would have gone to the government now sits inside this retirement account and the value inside the account has gone up. The dollar amount has gone up. And what happens to the advisor's income? (laughs) The advisor's incentivized to teach you how to save money in a pre-taxed account because they can charge you a fee on the pre-taxed amount. So think about that. Everybody listening who has money in a 401k or an IRA, you are paying a fee on the IRS's portion. This is why advisors, this is why we we drive nice cars, man, because we can charge people money, a fee on money that they'll never even realize. What are you driving nowadays? (laughs) (laughs) Who, what am I driving? Mm -hmm. Man, I've had so many Lexuses. They know me at the dealership. That's all I have. (laughs) My mom has a Lexus. My wife has a Lexus. My son has a Lexus. We just got Lexuses. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not into cars anymore. I mean, you guys are exotic kind of folks uh i'm afraid to ask you what you're driving (laughs) (laughs) or maybe should i say what are you flying yeah exactly dude (laughs) exactly plane is next but i'll tell you so on the back of my uh i have a jag f type r which is a nice little car it's uh Mm -hmm. 550 horsepower but my license plate says retirement plan nice because i'm using my retirement plan to buy the car i have not offset what i'm on pace for in retirement by buying the, the, the Jag. Mm-hmm. Now I get to drive a, a 3.4 seconds, zero to 60. And it's not going to offset what I'm on pace for in retirement because I understand how to utilize cash flow or other people's money by leveraging my assets rather than trying to chase the rate of return. Ooh, you just hit it right there, buddy. That's the word of the day, the phrase of the day. That's you just blew people's head off with that one. <laughs> Let's, let's so go much, back. Let's, let's yeah. get deep in there because, yeah. listen, it's all about efficiency. And yeah. once people discover that they're inefficient, there's more opportunity there to become efficient mm-hmm. than it is to chase a rate of return. You got it. When I first sit with people, I always show them, um, and I give this example of a pizza shop. Let's say a pizza shop does a million dollars in revenue. Does that mean the owner made a million bucks? No, sir. No, they have they have to pay the employees. They have to pay insurance. They have to buy the marketing. They Maybe they have a, a, a building that they pay rent for. Um, there's all these costs. They might net $200,000 of profit. And that's what right. they can go spend. And what, what happens in the typical financial planning world is an advisor comes along and says, all right, give me the 200,000. I know you took risk in your business, but give the $200,000 to me. I'm going to expose it to more risk. I'm going to charge you a fee regardless if the account goes up or down. And I hope to get you a 10% rate of return. And so the 200,000 earns 10%. So I'll end up with 220,000. And the advisor says, look at how good I did for you. And the client goes, yay, keep the money in there and they'll never spend it. Mm-hmm. Versus what if you looked at, if I'm doing a million dollars and I'm, I'm profiting 200, what if I looked at the $800,000 of overhead? What if I looked at the costs that are being generated that I'm, I'm having to spend and I saved 10% in cost? Ooh. 
Now I just saved $80,000. My rate of return is four times higher than trying to chase risk just by understanding how I'm spending my money. There's a hell of a lot more opportunity in minimizing loss than chasing that rate of return. Yes. Guys, this is financial literacy at its finest. It doesn't get any better than this. Listen, you got to listen to my man, Matt Love. He's the sharpest <laughs> dude in the toolbox. If you get next to him, you might start bleeding. <laughs> dude, I love it. Yeah. Matt, I love it. Listen, man, I want to have you back. I want to get you back on my show, and I want you to uh, go into some different areas of expertise, and I really want to maybe focus on banks. And, yeah. you know, one of the things we talked about earlier was if the if the public really understood what the Wall Streets and the banks are doing to them, there'd be a revolution by the morning. <laughs> Literally, 9 a.m., <laughs> there'd be fires. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that would be a great topic for our next show. Uh, but before we finish up, I have one final question that I'd like to ask you, and I think this is really important. Uh, how many years have you been in the financial services business? A, a decade now. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Now, I just want to preface this, that your father and your grandfather were both in the business. Correct. Yep. So yep. If you add up dad's years plus granddad's years plus your years. You're probably like 200 years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad's in the next room. I won't tell him you said that, but oh, I, we're okay. going on a century. That's for sure. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so my question really, Matt, is what do you see in the future for the financial services business? I want you to speak to not only you as an advisor, but the public as well. Like, what yeah. do you see moving forward? What is your vision based on your information and knowledge uh, today? What you see happening in the future? All right. And I'm not going to make this too long, but I really have a strong opinion on this. Okay. I, I truly believe that education is becoming a commodity. I believe that colleges are going to look completely different in 20 years. It's going to be the university of YouTube because you're going to be able to go directly to the source of the thought leaders of any subject. Rather than go to college and listen to a professor that you know has been teaching for 30 years and didn't actually live through it and create something, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to listen to guys or girls that are at the top of their specific industry through online learning. And you can get very specific. I think colleges are going to be useful for a few things. Stud athletes, you, you, you know a little bit about like your son down at Penn State. Yeah, there's going to be value in that in, in college athletics. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these universities, I think you're going to, I, I think you're going to see go under. I also think that there's value in Ivy League schools, and it has very little to do with the education. It has everything to do with who sits next to you in class. Yeah. It's a great way to meet people physically. Yeah. Besides that, I think colleges are going to go away. So when we look at what's going on in the financial industry, I truly believe that doing this for your, for your clients and your listeners is extremely valuable. And the more audience that you build up is the better. You are now becoming a thought leader in this industry and you're going to be the resource. So I see a lot of these big companies, I don't need to name names, but a lot of these big companies in the financial space that spend millions on advertising, teaching 80% of Americans how to just save and not how wealth works. I see that going down. They're going to be losing market share because more and more people who listen to our message Sit back and go, this is real. Why don't why don't more people teach this? Well, here's why. There wasn't a lot of money in teaching that. There's more money in managing a pre-tax account saying, let's get together in six months and I'll tell you how the market did. But that there's, there's money in that for the advisor. 
because the consumer wants this education, I see that the education model in the financial industry is going to be huge. So books, online learning, podcasts, uh, special guests in different industry talking about trends. I see that being the biggest needle mover in the next 20 years. Wow. You heard it. You heard it here first. And let me get, uh, go one step further. People talk about sales from back in like the thirties. They would talk about how, you know, if, if, um, sales has this bad connotation, they get, someone doesn't want to get talked into buying something. So back in the day, someone would say, Hey, buy this. It's going to make your life better. Okay. So then they bought and then the person felt sold. And then in the nineties, it was like a scare tactic, like, you know, pre prevent this future in order to prevent the future, you don't want that. So buy this product. And then people are like, okay, now I'm buying for safety. Now I feel better about myself. Well, moving forward, it's education. And so sales are going to come from the people that are educating for free. How people can, can buy a part of that education, that's going to be the cool model, whether it's books and podcasts and private Facebook groups or, or whatever, masterminds. Um, but it's going to be the education model that, that I think is going to allow people to generate more and more sales in any, in any industry. Hmm. Awesome. Dude, I love your perspective. Uh, I have to agree with it. Uh, I just read something about, you know, college is more profitable than the tech industry. $600 billion wow. is being generated through edu higher education. Wow. It's Dude. more than technology. And you know what? It's and why? Because it's a social status. My kid's going to go to college. I need a. Co I want to send my kids to college. I need a college savings account because my kid's going to do better than it. You do not need a college education to become successful at all. In fact, you you get the degree. There's not even a job waiting for you on the outside. You just went into debt for no reason. Yeah. When I can, I know twenty year olds that are making millions of dollars a month just by doing utilizing online stuff. They have a cool studio set up and they're connecting to people all over the world, making millions. That's if you want to learn how to make money in life. Learn how to help other people. Yes. You do not need a college degree. Just like you don't need a college savings plan to send your kids to college. You don't need a retirement plan to retire. You need money. You don't need an, a, a college education to become effective with people. Learn how to help people. I've never met a millionaire that did it on his own. It's yeah. always going to require more help from other people. Yeah. So I think teaching that, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's only going to become more transparent. Remember, education is a commodity. And the more we can give away, the more we'll be that thought leader. Yeah, I agree. Listen, money chases value. Correct. Money will chase it down. Mm -hmm. You just got to find where you can create value. And it's just that simple. It's a law. It's like gravity. <laughs> yeah, man. Money chases you know, value. My dad said it a long time ago. He said, um, how do you define a problem? And a problem is defined as where someone wants to be versus where they, excuse Are. me, where someone is versus where they want to be. Yeah. That's the problem. So yes. if I can identify the problem and say, look, at, if I can help you where you are to get to where you want to be, would you let me do that? Yeah. We build and bridges. so build bridges. And the sooner that we can identify problems and help people fix those problems, dude, your income goes through the roof. You got it. Yeah. I told a lady that I was a, I was a bridge maker. I said, I teach you how to get from this side of the bridge where you are to this side of bridge where you want to be. I'm going to engineer, economically engineer a bridge that has redundancy built in, yeah. right? Because if there's a snowstorm, if there's a windstorm, that bridge got to hold up, Yeah. right? And, and a lot of people in our industry are building bridges out of toothpicks. 
toothpicks, man. <laughs> and they want to go straight up. They want to go super tall because they want to have a bunch of money and they have no idea how in unstable that, that, that strategy is. Yeah. And the winds are blowing and the winds are blowing hard right now. Yeah. And you got to have a tough plan because we live in a tough world. Right. And, you know, a lot of people. This is why. Go ahead. This is this is why you know my company is called Cash Flow Architects. We design cash flow for people, uh, and yeah. it all starts with a foundation. And and look at the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? They didn't have a very good foundation, and now the tower's fallen over. <laughs> and the foundation is what's going to create success. And if I truly believe that there's more opportunity in minimizing loss, I have to have a solid foundation because I don't want a house made out of toothpicks. Yeah. To your point, that 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 can't last through the times. And understanding how wealth actually works is crucial for success, not yeah. chasing a rate of return. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, I love it. I love talking with you, man. You bring so much to the table. I'm not exactly sure how old you are, but you got to be one of the sharpest young men I've ever met. Thanks, I'm only dude. 19. I'm, not that... I'm only 19. So you, you, well, you look 20, so it's good. <laughs> uh, so here, I know you're uh, contemplating a new book, so I'd like to give you a couple minutes to really promo your next uh book venture and let my yeah. folks know what it is what it's called what it's about go ahead yeah so um and next time we do this hopefully i'll have a, a link and stuff ready to go it's just finalizing publishing right now and we're, we're coming up with some cool graphics i think money can be a kind of a boring subject and i literally want to do like stick figure drawing so people understand it it's not <laughs> difficult at all yeah. so i want to make it a fun book to read but it's it's called right now the working title is wealth versus math and how the industry teaches us how to chase math versus understanding how to create wealth. Wow. And I use a bunch of precedents from wealthy people and what they've done in their families for literally for decades. And it's not new. It's been around forever. I'm just bringing it to light because I really believe that education is a commodity and I want to bring this stuff to light. So it's all about how to uh, utilize wealth um, strategies rather than investing and hoping my account value goes up in the future, which has nothing to do with generating cash flow. Right. Wow. I love it, man. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, you know, again, uh, thank listeners for joining us today. We had our special guest, Matt Love, who's the author, entrepreneur, business owner. His book is called Don't Be Debt Free and Broke. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. We're going to have him back again uh, to do some additional uh, messages. And at Wealth Strategies to Value, our motto is... To help our clients have an easier, safer, and more enjoyable retirement. Beautiful. Thanks for tuning in. Troy, thanks so much, man. <laughs>